Okay, so welcome uh, to our another class, Book of Romans. We are still in in uh, Book of Romans, chapter one, verse one. Uh, we spoke already about uh, Apostle Paul, about the uh, meaning of the name Paul, what it means. He used to be uh, Saul of Tarsus. His new name is Paul. We spoke about the servanthood. Uh, we spoke about calling. We spoke about apostleship, and now we will speak about the gospel. Romans one chapter one. Paul, servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Let's pray, dear God. Just uh, thank you <clears throat> that we can pray to you and, and we can call you and we just ask you for your presence in this class we need your presence for our lives there are people who desperately need you and we are one of those we need you desperately we need you uh, for our life you are our life we just ask you to to lead us uh, in this hour as we teach in Jesus name we pray amen so why do we study the book of Romans? Uh, point number one, uh, uh, the book of Romans is beautifully dealing uh, with the way of salvation and with the plan of God for this world. And it portrays uh, the way how to stand right with God, with ourselves and with each other. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said, uh, beautiful thing he said the scriptures were not given to increase our knowledge but to change our lives you can say but to save and change our lives uh, I can guarantee you that when you open this book and you start to study it the Bible has power to change your life and mine that's why we are here we love this book we want to be changed if we mix faith with what we hear, then it's not void and it has power to change our lives. So the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 1, again, Paul separated unto the gospel of God. Now, uh, about the gospel, uh, let's, uh, let's make it easy, but it's, it's uh, very interesting with the, with the gospel. Paul, and let's turn to Galatians 1, he says, there is no other gospel. Galatians 1, chapter 1, verse 6, Paul speaks to the church in Galatia, and he's uh, dealing with uh, legalism. And he says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ, unto another gospel verse 7 he continues which is not another there is no other gospel there's a gospel of grace we see it here Galatians 1 chapter 6 and we have been called unto him unto Jesus Christ our Savior unto relationship with him uh, and not unto another gospel or some system of teaching some some system of establishing our own righteousness so he says it's a it's a gospel of grace. 
this is dealt with uh, with this uh, we are dealt with uh, once and forever nevertheless we know that Bible is uh, showing us and teaching us that there are two Gospels uh, in order to understand these two Gospels uh, we need to we need to look in the Old Testament and see how it progressed I'll, I'll show you what I mean by, by, by the two Gospels. Uh, if you would turn with me into the book of Genesis, chapter 11, here we have a story of a, of a Tower of Babel. And here's a humanity which, independently of God, they want to establish uh, their own religion, where on the top of the mountain is a man, uh, they are worshipping humanity, uh, they came all together in this uh, anti-God attempt. They are self-ruling. God doesn't like it. And verse 9 says, Therefore, Genesis 11, uh, verse 9. Genesis chapter 11, verse 9. Therefore, it's the name of it called Babel, which means confusion. Because the Lord there confounded the language of all the earth. So we see here that the God judgment was to confound the language. They could not communicate with each other and they separated into different uh, uh, groups uh, based on their language. Uh, that's why we have these uh, nations and languages today in the world. By the way, if you are archaeologists and you study history, you are interested in this. Uh, many of these nations, they have a story referring back to Tower of Babel. All the different languages and nations, they have the same story confirming the historicity of the Tower of Babel. But what's important to understand here is that God judged this, this anti-God attempt by confounding the language. Uh, when God confounded the language, they could hear different languages that they do not understand. And uh, they sticked with the group, with the same language group. But the judgment was, what do we hear? What this is all about? We hear some ununderstandable languages. Now, watch this, how it, how it progresses and how it's related with the gospel. Deuteronomy 28, verse 49. The book of Deuteronomy, verse 28, I'm sorry, chapter 28, verse 49, Deuteronomy 28, 49. Here it says that God will judge the Israel. In the previous passage, he speaks about blessings. Now he speaks about curses. And he says here, the Lord shall bring a nation against you from far, from the end of the earth, swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. So uh, here we see that God is judging Israel by other nation, which means uh, invasion of a foreign nation. The judgment will not be within the Israel. It will not be some... Uh, uh, national clash it will be uh, it will be invasion from outside from the group uh, that they do not understand their tongue their language 
This is interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a picture language. It's a poet, poetry uh, language. The Hebrew is uh, full of poetry and these meanings, but it has this precise meaning. When you hear this, this language, this tongue that you do not understand, it means one thing. What is going on? There is some judgment coming. That's the way how God judged Israel. So now when you start to connect the dots, and we will continue. Uh, there is a Tower of Babel, Genesis 11. Languages were confounded. They heard other tongues and they knew there was a judgment of God. When the, when the particular uh, nation of Israel is being judged, they hear some language, some national language, invasion, and they say to themselves, what does it mean? We are being judged. Now, as we continue, uh, Isaiah 28, verse 7, here it's referring to the leadership of Israel in those days, to priests, to prophets, which they, should, which they were supposed to uh, communicate the, the will of God, and Isaiah 28, verse 7. Isaiah 28, verse 7. But they also had erred through wine, through strong drink. They are out of the way. The priests, the prophets, they have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up in wine. They are out of the way. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. So these... Priests and prophets, which were supposed to communicate the will of God to the nation of Israel, they were supposed to lead the nation. They are drunken, their vision, their thinking, their judgment, uh, their reason is confounded and they are not able uh, to communicate properly. It says, verse 8, their tables are full of vomit. Verse 9, who shall he teach knowledge? How can God teach somebody? These uh, leaders are drunk, they cannot communicate. Verse 10, precept must be upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. little. He's teaching uh, this uh, categorical study. You study here and there and a little bit here and a little bit there and everything comes together. But verse 11, with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Again, there is a judgment being brought because they are fallen backward, verse 13. They are snared, they are taken, they are gone. Uh, they did not have the spiritual leadership of those days. They did not have the, the right communication with God. There was no leadership. That's why God will judge them by another tongue. Again, another nation comes, they hear this tongue and they say, what does it mean? Judgment is coming. Uh, and now uh, we are coming to the pinnacle of this of this uh, point in the book of Acts. This is a this is a event which happened after the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is a so-called Pentecost. Fifty days after his uh, crucifixion and resurrection, in the book of Acts, chapter two. We have this amazing story, which beautifully reveals uh, the switching between two Gospels. 
Acts chapter 10, uh, chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse 2, they were of uh, 2 and 3, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then it was said, verse 6, multitude came together and they were confounded because every man heard them, every man heard them speak in their own language. We will return to this, but verse 12 says, and they were all amazed, they were in doubt, saying one to another, what does it mean? Again, what does it mean? There are these tongues, languages we do not understand. What does it mean? It's some type of judgment again, and we will see this. Verse 8, how we hear every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born. So these uh, apostles and disciples, they spoke national languages of different nations, which is listed down here as example. And they were preaching the gospel of resurrected Jesus Christ in those national languages to these nations for certain purpose. Verse 9, we hear them in Persians, Mads, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. Verse 10, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Cyrene and Rome. Uh, verse 11, Cretans and Arabians. We do here speak them in our own tongue, the wonderful works of God. So this is the point. They are preaching the wonderful works of God. Salvation came, Jesus died on the cross, paid for the sins of the world, and he was risen the third day, ascended up uh, on high to the heavens. And they were all amazed and they said, what does it mean? They speak in these strange tongues or strange languages to us. And this was the judgment because, and now I will, I will reveal this, uh, this perfectly to you. Bible teaches these two Gospels. You remember how Jesus uh, was uh, on the earth and he actually came as a king to establish his earthly kingdom. We see this, that he was, he, was, uh, he was recognized by common people in Matthew 21, verse 9, when the common people started to say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Then you remember there is another sequence when they speak with the Sanhedrin, with the Pharisees, with the leaders of those days, and Jesus is being uh, tested. And uh, Jesus uh, performs miracles before them to prove he's the Messiah. And uh, even, even John the Baptist, uh, when he's in the prison, he says, send messengers and ask him if he is the Christ, if he is the Messiah. What's the answer? Uh, the blind see, the, uh, the deaf uh, hear, the dumb speak, uh, the dead are being risen, the sick are healed. What another proof do you need? Uh, he proved his ministry and he proved he is the coming Messiah. Nevertheless, uh, he is being uh, rejected uh, by, by, the, by the Sanhedrin and they call him that he does this uh, uh, by the power of uh, Belzebub. In Matthew 2, we see uh, wise men who are coming. And these, these uh, wise men, they, they, say, they say, we came uh, uh, that we would bring the gifts to you. King. 
So here is the line of the kingship of, of uh, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and he himself is preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. You can see it here. Uh, Mark, gospel of Mark, chapter 1. Turn with me into verse fourteen, Mark, one fourteen. It says here. After that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus was preaching gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, "Time is fulfilled, and kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel." This is the gospel of repentance. That's what the John Baptist was preaching too. Repent, be baptized, and recognize the uh, messianic ship of Jesus Christ. He is the promised Messiah. He is the ruling king. He will establish his earthly kingdom for Israel, and he will rule. But the point is that uh, he is being rejected. Also, maybe you, you remember these passages. Uh, I don't know if I have the reference here. Uh, but he said he said it many times. He said, for example, I have it here, Matthew, Matthew 10, verse 5. Let's turn into the book of Matthew, chapter 10. Book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 5. Jesus is referring here to these disciples, and he says, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles. You see, this is the point. Do not go and evangelize the Gentiles. You know, maybe you've thought sometimes why Jesus says, don't go to the Gentiles. Uh, he says, he continues and he says, and do not enter into city of Samaritans. Enter ye not. Why this loving Jesus is not bringing the gospel to Gentiles, to the Samaritans? Why this loving Jesus is saying to this begging woman, you are a dog. And the woman says, yeah, but the master, even the dogs eat crumbles which fall on the master's table. And that's the point. Why was he so-called harsh in our understanding? The point is that he is preaching establishing of the kingdom. Repent, recognize that he is the king. He is coming for Israel and establish the earthly rule. He is preaching the, the gospel of repentance or gospel of kingdom. Uh, even nowadays, you may meet some people who preach so-called gospel of repentance. Repent, repent. Uh, that's, that's, that's from these verses. But actually it means recognize that Jesus came to establish his earthly kingdom, which is false for nowadays because he was rejected and he's not establishing his earthly kingdom now. Jesus was crucified. And his, his uh, uh, kingship or the line of the ruling king has been postponed and will come to place later. Now, after resurrection and crucifixion, we are uh, following the line of suffering Messiah in Isaiah 53. I recommend read the Isaiah 53 and you will see unbelievable, unbelievable precise picture of his crucifixion. Uh, all of these things has been fulfilled. And it says here, <clears throat> uh, for example, verse 5, but he was pierced for our 
transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripe we are healed. This is amazing. Jesus uh, is portrayed here as a suffering servant, not as a ruling king. That's how the Old Testament uh, believers might have problem to uh, to bring a peace these like two lines. How come uh, Jesus, the true Messiah, is supposed to establish his earthly kingdom and rule with the rod of iron and crush the nations? Uh, but on the other hand, here's this uh, Lamb of God suffering for our sins. That's the point. Uh, the ruling Messiah was rejected by the Jews. Kingdom of repentance, therefore, is no longer preached. In book of Acts, the gospel comes, or the preaching of Jesus, turns from the purpose of establishing kingdom for Israel, turns now to the Gentiles. These verses in Matthew 10 verse 5 do not go to Gentiles, do are not applicable anymore, and now is the gospel being preached to Gentiles. Book of Acts chapter 2 in national languages. They hear strange tongues and they understand some type of judgment came. Was the judgment? You rejected Messiah, gospel enters the whole world. We can see it in the book. Of Romans we will study later but let's skip there just for the sake of this teaching Romans chapter 11 it says here verse 6 Romans 11 verse 6 and if by grace it's no more of works so here is the gospel of grace no works no Old Testament law works but grace now uh, watch this uh, later on 11 verse 11 have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather, what happened when they rejected Messiah? Through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles to provoke them to jealousy. That was the judgment. Now salvation is came to these for them dogs, dirty dogs, for the Gentiles. Verse 12. Now, if the fall of them, of the Jews of Israel, be the riches of the world, how much more their fullness? So he's saying here, their fall, their mistake, they are not recognizing Jesus, Messiah, and establishing earthly rule, uh, has become the riches of the world and of us, Gentiles. And the gospel was being then preached to these Gentiles and spread into into whole uh, world. So you see that these uh, languages in the Bible mainly uh, strange language or not understandable language means in a certain sense some judgment and they always ask what does it mean and it's a judgment. Judgment that they rejected Jesus Christ and the gospel came on the Gentiles. So there, used, there was preached before the gospel of repentance. Repent, Jesus will be the ruling king. Now we are in the church age and now we preach the gospel of grace. We've read it in Romans 11 verse 6. Gospel of grace. Now Paul says, Galatians 1.11, he's referring 
to his uh, vision of three years in Arabia. Paul did not receive this teaching by man, and we will see here. But, our, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel of which was preached of me is not after man. This gospel that Paul has received was not sourced in man, and he says, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it by man, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. He received the gospel of grace from Jesus Christ. And this is an amazing point. When you look at the gospel, what is the gospel and what it means uh, for us? Some people say it's good news. Gospel, in its, in its true meaning, evangelion, eu, angelion. Eu in Greek means good and angelion means uh, angel, messenger, or message, angelos. So, eu angelion means good news. Gospel is good news. Uh, it's not just a, a gospel of love. God loves you, and that's it. And you can hear about this a lot. And surely it is a gospel of love. But uh, you remember uh, Pastor Stevens and Pastor Boyce in Prague used to put big emphasis on, on this one sentence. That the justice precedes his love. What it means. God loves us. God loves you. He loves me. He loves the sinner. But the justice precedes the love, which means that the sinner, if he does not receive the salvation in Jesus Christ, in his perfect sacrifice for mankind, although God loves him, because of justice, he will be sent to hell. That's the most, more, very important point. Uh, the gospel, and I could say it, uh, just to be careful, but I could say, no conviction, no salvation. You know, there is no gospel in understanding God loves you, that's beautiful, he loves me, and I am saved because I know he loves me. Uh, the Hindu people, they have uh, billions of gods, and they can put him on a shelf among one of those, and they say, Jesus loves me, that's beautiful, I will be saved. And having the other gods also. Which means they did not, they did not really trust uh, for the work of salvation. It means that I am lost, I am a sinner, and I know what I deserve. I cannot uh, justify myself by my own works. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you are saved through faith. It's not, it's not of your works that none should boast. Salvation, as we see in this true gospel, gospel of grace, is originated from heaven, Paul received this by the revelation of Jesus Christ, and salvation is made by Jesus Christ when he was sacrificed for us. All the other religions which are man-made have salvation in man. You do something, I will do something, uh, you justify yourself before God by your own behavior, works, etc. Some system of justification. The true gospel justification is that Jesus was rejected by the Jews as a ruling king, became the suffering Messiah who died for the sins of the whole world. God in the flesh who paid for our sins.
we trust this payment as the only way of salvation and we are saved. This is the beauty of, of the gospel. What will happen then and what will happen uh, with, the, with the gospel of repentance? Once the uh, fullness of the Gentiles comes, uh, Romans 11, uh, uh, when, when the last Gentile will believe, the church is taken up in so-called rapture, and uh, the plan comes back to the first original plan for the Jews, and the gospel of repentance is being preached again to the Jews. Repent, Messiah is coming to establish his earthly kingdom, his earthly uh, rule of 1,000 years, which we can see <clears throat> in the book of Revelation, chapter 20. So remember, remember this, there is no other gospel, Galatians uh, 1.6. Uh, there is only one gospel, and it's a gospel of grace, which was uh, given by Jesus to Paul, where he received this. Uh, there are two gospels in the sense that there was a gospel of repentance, repent, Jesus is coming for Israel, and it's not for the Gentiles. Those groups which preach today the gospel of repentance, uh, they, uh, they misplace this gospel, both in time and in the people groups. As I said, it's for the Jews only, because Messiah is establishing his earthly kingdom, and it was then, nevertheless they rejected him, uh, and uh, it will be preached again that they would recognize him. Now we are in the church age, and we preach the gospel of grace. When they will recognize him, Matthew 23, verse 39, uh, they, will, they, will, they will be saying, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. That's how they will call on him. There will be national uh, revival, and repentance, and recognition of Jesus as Messiah. And then uh, Jesus will come back. He will establish his 1000 rule kingdom and there's the gospel of repentance which will be preached again so just make it final and really short gospel of repentance Jesus is coming it's for Israel and it was preached before the cross this gospel and this Jesus is rejected by the Jews so the gospel comes from the Jews on the Gentiles and now it's being preached in these all national languages, and it's a gospel of grace, which means, not repent, but means believe and be saved. Receive the gift of salvation by recognizing Jesus as the Lamb of God being slain before the foundation of the world for our sins. Once the church is taken up, uh, the plan for Jews comes back again, Messiah is coming to rule on the, on the earth, and the kingdom, the gospel of kingdom, or the gospel of repentance, will be preached to them again. Now we have this powerful gospel of grace. Grace in Greek means charis, it's a gift, and it means it's undeserved, it's given. Uh, Jesus' sacrifice was given to us, and what's required of us? Receive it. God, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I'm going to hell. But I know you became a man, you died on the cross for me, you bled to the death 
died and rose again. I receive you as my personal Savior and I believe that this payment on the cross is sufficient for forgiveness of my sins. If you pray this prayer, let us know this is how we trust Jesus for his work. So, thank you for listening. We have two Gospels, which was and will be for the Jews, the Gospel of Repentance or the Kingdom of God. But now we have the Gospel of Grace. Grace, charis, given for free. It wasn't received of man. It wasn't taught by man. It was given by God himself. God bless you. Amen.